Good morning from London. This is the 21st of October. Uh, this is John from the Product Specialist team. I'm delighted to be joined by Sheldon McDonald, Deputy CIO, uh, and Sol Netherlands, Senior Investment Manager. Now, if I can start with you first, Sheldon. At the end of last week, some of the investment banks published reports placing the probability of a Brexit no deal at less than 10%. Do you think that's really justified, Sheldon? I'll give a longer answer in a second. In short, in retrospect, yes. But at the time, I think that might have been a little bit premature. We had Super Saturday. So these the investment banks were changing their recommendations ahead of uh, Saturday's vote in the House of Commons. And I think until we saw which way that vote was going to go or what was going to transpire, it might have been a little bit premature. As it happened in the vote, we saw that, in fact, Commons didn't get to vote on the deal itself. They voted instead on an amendment which said that there would be no approval until legislation is in place to allow for the withdrawal. So what's happened now is that we've ended up in another state of limbo. It's now up to uh, the Speaker of the House of Commons to decide whether or not to allow a vote that Boris Johnson is now calling for he wants a vote where Commons says a simple yes or no. Now, as I said, it's in Boko's hands to decide whether or not to allow that vote. He might disallow the debate on it on the basis that this has been covered already. In the meantime, uh, because of the, the fact that uh, the House of Commons has not yet approved the deal, Boris Johnson has now sent a letter to the EU to request an extension. Interestingly, uh, for those who haven't seen or heard, Boris Johnson sent this letter unsigned and followed it up with a second letter um, saying that it would be a mistake. We now have another side issue going on in the courts this morning. Uh, the second highest court in the country is being asked now to decide on whether Boris has in fact complied with the law, or has he frustrated the law. So we've got a continuation of this limbo period until we do get a final yes or no vote. It seems that Commons is showing that it absolutely is not wanting a no-deal Brexit, which is why I said in, in retrospect it does seem that moving those recommendations, expecting the likelihood of a no-deal coming down, that was the correct thing to do. Okay, and taking this all on board, is it leading or leading to you to change your exposure on how you're investing in UK? equities in the portfolios? We've been considering this uh, obviously in some depth but now as the issue is coming to a head we're confronting the possibility of it being a no deal or an agreed deal as it looks more likely that the agreed deal is the most likely path forward we have increased our exposure to UK equities. Previously we were underweight because of the uncertainty around the process now it seems the way markets reacted last week it did seem that as the likelihood of a deal being agreed rose uh, markets were enjoying a tailwind of positive sentiment offset to some extent by renewed strength in the currency but it seems that this the tailwind of sentiment as i said the boost that markets were getting just from a potential move towards a degree of certainty was a benefit and so we've increased our exposure okay thanks and if i could move to you sol for a moment given the recent macroeconomic developments have you changed your outlook for any of the, the commodities in the portfolios so the trend really over the past 12 months on the macro side has been one of slowing growth, most notably in the manufacturing sector. And despite recent actions from central banks to stimulate growth and boost the economy, we haven't really seen signs that the slowdown has troughed or, or turned the other direction. So this really is not a strong backdrop for cyclical commodities like industrial metals or energy. And combined with the strength in the dollar is a pretty poor backdrop for investing in these types of areas. So it's a place where we remain with low allocation. Where we've been more constructive is on gold as a, a risk-off asset, particularly in the current backdrop where you've had a sharp fall in bond yields. So offering relatively better value as a defensive asset. However, after a very strong one of 
performance for most of this year and a large increase in speculative positioning in gold. And we've become more cautious, particularly as some of the key macro risks, Brexit and the US and China trade war, have started to lift somewhat. Okay, thanks. And lastly, Sheldon, outside of the UK Parliament, is there anything in particular that you've got your eyes on um, in the week ahead? The focus, as always, has been on the, the trade war, looking at those, and as Solomon's mentioned, just continuing economic developments. Okay, perfect. Thanks a lot for your time, guys, and have a good week. Thanks. Thanks.